Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. To the west of the great continent of Kern lies the island provinces of Perth, home to brave seafarers, exotic pleasures, storms of swirling magical energy, and cults dedicated to the old gods. Upon these white sands came the Eve's Watch, a band of sellswords and brutes seeking their fortune upon the shores of these lands. Let me tell you of this age of legends, for I and I alone am keeper of their saga. This is their chronicle. GM's turn. Moulet, Lovac, and Ku as you're battling it out with the guardsmen that are trying to bar your passage from the bazaar. A broad-tipped spear slams into two of the guardsmen, cowering in fear in front of Moulet. Glance over your shoulder, Moulet, shows that two of these slender Perthans and brightly colored garb have launched their spears at your two opponents, finishing them. Lovac. Yes. The guardsman harrying you is struck with a spear in the shoulder, one of those broad-tipped Perthan spears, and he drops to one knee, clutching at his shoulder, not dead, but severely wounded. I reach out for the handle of the spear as I'm running by, grab hold, and then thrust it. So you grab the spear as you're running by and thrust it deeper. There's a gurgle from the guardsman, and he slumps to the ground. I'm not releasing the spear. What are you going to do with it? Well, we'll wait to your yeah. to your turn. Jeel. I think Frank killed my dice. Jeel, you are hit with two arrows. Take eight points of damage from the rooftop shooters as the arrows find their mark, one in the thigh and the other in the fatty part of your hip. The two red-robed casters behind the barrels start chanting again. Next. Duco is excited. Next is Shin. I now use my movement to get to the gate. It's a, an open kind of passageway. You use your movement. Go on. Are there any guards left standing? There are none. I will go to five feet in front of Lovac and come to a dead stop. What are you going to do with that spear? Not my turn yet. And then I wait. Okay, you're holding your action. Uh, no, no. Nope. He doesn't have anything to earn. Yeah. Next is 18, Ku. Ku will make his way to just outside the gate, take a defensive position facing into the market to cover people's exits, and will look for a target if there is one. So you race down the kind of a broad corridor to the end, uh, pivot, and face the rest of the group that you have sight of. No targets are within your range yet, but you can see the three men who threw the spears moving towards the party as well as the uh, two like hulking Perthans coming up behind them. They have now drawn their sword. So Ku will knock an arrow. He will, right now he considers the, the slender Perthans potential allies, the bulkier ones not sure, especially since Tuco took one out. And he will hold his position with an arrow knocked and waiting. Next is Tuco. Tuco has already covered 60 feet across 
he is starting to foam at the mouth with how angry he is at this foolishness. And he's growling as he drops his bow and pulls his rapier and makes it another 60 feet as he reach the casters. Yes. He attempts to plunge his rapier. Are you dashing? Is that? Uh, I'm using the aggressive feet of Orc. Okay. So he still has his attack. That was a bonus action. They're in the midst of chanting, the two of them. Well, he's going to try to put a sword right through the chest of one of them. Okay. Let's see how he does. That's not in the, in the skull. Tuco rolled a natural one. <laughs> you clumsily attack the chanting caster, tripping over your feet, which is not the norm for you. Usually you're quite coordinated. Perhaps it was the, the mad dash and the uh, blood lust that caused you to overcompensate and trip over your own feet. You don't fall. You catch your balance, but it's a very clumsy attack that misses its mark. And he screams like an enraged animal. He probably slipped on his own froth. <laughs> <laughs> that is to go. Next is Jill. I'm going to run back through the smoke, back where I came from, <laughs> and see if anybody's within range of me so I can decide what I'm going to do. You run back through the cloud of billowing smoke, realizing that maybe you miscalculated a bit. The wagon you can make out, it's kind of like misty image through the smoke. It's stinging at your eyes and your eyes are watering, trailing down like the soot and grime from the smoke, leaving like these clean blue marks on your blue skin. As far as anybody within range, no, there is no one. You see the rest of your party trying to make their way down that corridor of an exit from the bazaar. That after my 30 feet, I'll use my dash to continue to the exit. Gotta look like a bad Benny Hill movie. Get the group <laughs> of the party in front, a group of little skinny guys, a group of bulky guys, and here comes Jill right up behind it. <laughs> And, and somehow, with the archers on the roof, he's not a, a walking pincushion yet. I'd buy that for a dollar. That's because you maliciously touched my dice. <laughs> I will keep maliciously touching your dice. Next is Lovac and Mule. I keep moving unless something bars my path. There's nothing barring your path. I'm just aiming to get out of the bizarre area. You can see Ku standing at the end, uh, taking up a defensive stand. Yeah, I'll move towards him then. Double move. Lovac? I will follow, but I'll put the last of my bang of hand points into the princess. And again, the same thing happens. It's almost as if the laying of hands stalls. Do I feel the energy expend? Yes. The laying of the hands went off. Next is GM. Ku, behind you... You hear the sounds of horses' hooves and what sounds like a horse-drawn carriage. The horses pass by a bit before they stop. The carriage door swings open and a slender person says, Get in. Does the person look familiar? No. I'm not going to hesitate. Ku will jump inside and keep his defensive position. Like, he'll be like half in the cart, half out of the cart, and with the bow drawn in the arrow knocked and ready to fire. Arrows rain down upon Tuco. A swarm of arrows. They tink across the cobblestones. Countless arrows tinking <laughs> across the cobblestones around you as you rage in the middle of the empty bazaar. Countless more arrows whiz by you, Jill, as you're trotting through the smoke from Shin's smoke bomb. The three Perthans make it to the entranceway or the exit and take up a defensive position with swords drawn and the two large men fall in behind them holding their position with those large curved blades. 
Are they taking a defensive position facing us or facing the crowd? Facing the bazaar. Next is Shin. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh. You're standing there in front of two <laughs> casters casting a spell. No, oh, I was going to just move over that. We were going to glaze over that. Maybe he won't notice. You are hit with a bolt of energy for two points of damage. <laughs> Tuco screams again. Ah! You only feed my rage. Shin is up. How's the princess doing? You're not with me. Yes, I am. I'm five feet in front of you. Oh, okay. Unconscious. But living. I haven't had a chance to check. Shin will go ahead and cast Cure Wounds on her for a big whopping seven, so screw that. The crimson magical energy from your healing spell washes over the princess, but she still remains motionless. And then I will use any remaining movement to get to the street. What you do notice as you're using your remaining movement to get to the street is, is that the view of the street is obscured by a carriage. On the running board of the carriage is Ku. Half in the carriage, half out of the carriage, readying an arrow. I will look over my shoulder and say, get out here now. Next is Ku. Ku will remain in the carriage, half in, half out, arrow knocked, holding his action, noting that the three slender Perthans and the two muscular Perthans have taken defensive stances outside of outside of the gate. So I'm assuming they're on our side, and I'm assuming they are members of the guard of the Perthan noble who is attempting to pursue the princess. So I think that the carriage might take us to him and get us out of danger. This is our this is our best possible escape right now. So he will hold his position, hold his action until further notice. Next is Tuko. Tuko is coming back for another swing at uh, the caster that he attempted and missed before. Right at him. 19. 19 will hit. So that is just a D8. That's a D10. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> <laughs> For two points of damage. This is a tit-for-tat game. Plus your dex modifier. Plus my dex modifier. Thank you. For five points of damage. You plunge your... It's a rapier, right? Rapier. You plunge your rapier into the the man's thigh, and he bellows in pain and staggers backwards, injured, and begins a low chant. I use all of my motion, and this time it is not my aggression. It is the opposite. Uh, I run away. This is my <laughs> this is my cunning action. Uh, now they were towards the back of the square, right? Yes. I continue going past him. I'm stepping. I'm leaping over him after having struck him and continuing past him. I suppose his companion may get some opportunity as I exit the square at the opposite side of my compatriots. Tuco disappears into the crowd of people exiting the square at the opposite end and the party. Uh, next is Jill. What's in front of me? I'm making my way towards the exit. In front of you are two large, angry-looking Perthans that used to be part of the trio, and three tall, slender Perthans in brightly colored clothing. They look like soldiers, those three. Facing me or? Facing you. Like they're guarding the exit. I hate that he shot one and that I saw it because I'm going to run up and try to club one. As far as I know, that's they're the enemy. 19? 19, yes. For 10 points. You run up and cock your maul back for a home run swing just as they're beginning to part ways to let you by. <laughs> and you make a grand slam swing on one of the larger Perthans. 
who is knocked off balance and into the other one, who loses his balance and stumbles <laughs> and falls to the ground. There is a bit of laughter from the taller of the trio as he motions for you to pass by with a big <laughs> smile on his face. When you enter the corridor, you see your companions. Ku is on the running board of a carriage at the end of that corridor with an arrow knocked. He's half in and half out of the carriage. Lovak and Shin look like they're having a conversation as they're making their way down the corridor. Mulei is almost at Ku's position and nowhere is Tuko to be seen. I'm going to just, whatever movement I have left, I'll use to go down a quarter, just now turning around and just watching them as I pass them. They kind of close ranks again, barring passageway, swords at the ready. And excuse me, would have worked just fine. (laughs) (laughs) That is his excuse me. You're in my way. Next is Lovak and Mule. All right, I'll approach the carriage. I see Q on the running board. This is our way out. This is our best way out, and they stopped for us. Okay. I'm going to motion to Lovak. Come on. Lovak hasn't slowed down a bit. Nope. I'm still constantly checking, so I get in. And, and if Shin stopped dead to have a conversation, he's going to get run over. He did say he, he stopped five feet in front of you. Yes. Before you started moving. No, I've been running the whole time. I have never stopped moving. Pay attention. I will shoulder him off to the side. I'm not trying to plow him over. And I will look up, see the carriage, and without slowing down, charge for the door and go, make a hole! I'm going to dive through the door in one of those tuck back first, shoulder, reach up, cradle the girl's head, and dive into the carriage. My head and shoulders first, you know, rolling onto my back type deal. For now, we're out of combat. Shin, what are you going to do? I am going to climb to above the entrance that they everybody's coming out of and hold my action, doesn't matter anymore because we're out of combat, until I see two more members of my party come out from that hallway. Well, there's Jeel, who's limping down the, the corridor. Say that again, what you're doing? I am holding my action above the exit until I see two more members of my party come out through it. So you're gonna climb the wall? Yes. Okay, Jeel, what are you doing? Making my way down the corridor still to get to where my party's at. Are you going to enter the carriage? No, I am too big. I am going to... This is a big carriage. And I will enter the carriage. You're able to get into the carriage, but it would probably need a shoehorn and some Astroglide. <laughs> <laughs> but you... I'm sweating. Shove your way in. <laughs> there you go. You shove your way in between the blood and the sweat and a lot of oomph. You make your way in, dragging your maul in behind you and having to angle it out one of the windows so there's <laughs> there's enough room. As he's trying to get in, I'm in a defensive position in front of him. Did I just get, like, knocked out of the way? You would have if I just dove through the doorway. <laughs> You're the one who applied the Astrolube. So then he comes diving in with the princess, yep. and then giant blue boy here comes. So probably when the princess came in, you know, him coming diving in, I would have had to have gotten yeah. out of the way, at which point I would probably turn my attention to him and the princess, unknocking the arrow, getting it away, and making space, because a lot more larger bodies are going to be coming in here. As Jill makes his way in, you all notice a very large person man. He's bald. He's big. It looks like at one point in time he was extremely muscular, but he's gotten a little softer as he's grown older. He's Jamal? he's dressed in flowing Perthen garments. He's got a silk vest on. His chest is exposed. He's got a big gold hoop 
earrings, rings on all his fingers, and jewelry dangling from his neck and wrists. He reaches a meaty arm out the window and taps the top of the carriage, and the carriage takes off. And he looks at you and says, hello, my friend. Fortunately, I happened to come across this most unfortunate incident that happened at the bazaar. Fortunately for the queen, I was here to help make escape and bring the princess back to the palace where she could be administered proper medical care. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Jubal. I am but a humble merchant, a loyal servant of the queen. I feel like somebody showed me a silver at this point. <laughs> you haven't spoken. Okay, thank you. When Tuco reached the edge of the square fleeing from the two casters, he stopped to turn and fire one last arrow at the uncovered back of the sole standing caster. Can I roll that? Sure. That's a natural 19, so that should hit, and it's a sneak attack for nine points of damage. You don't kill him, but there's a tremendous amount of satisfaction in getting one lick in. <laughs> before you disappear. Then I flee towards the castle. Into the crowd. Which is where I hope everybody else is headed. There's a commotion out on the city streets. There's squads of guards racing towards the bazaar and a black, ritzy, almost gaudy carriage goes thundering by you towards the palace. Does it have windows? It's got windows, but there's curtains on the windows. And a broom handle sticking out of one of them. And... <laughs> <laughs> Now, can I clearly discern that it's headed towards the palace? You can clearly discern that it appears to be heading in the direction of the palace, but it could be going anywhere in town. Can I make an acrobatic and athletic roll to attempt to snatch a sidebar or any portion of it and swing my legs up onto it? No. Okay. Too far away for you to do that. Shin, the carriage takes off. You're clinging to the wall like Spider-Man. What are you going to do? I'm still waiting because I have one more member to come out through that tunnel. As the carriage rumbles down the street. What's the condition of the uh, princess? She is limp. She does not look well. She's ashy. She looks dead. Medicine check. Eight. Yeah, she's dead. You know what? I'm going to use my inspiration. 24. She's dead. <laughs> dead as a doornail. Dead, 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 dead. What the fuck happened? She's full of tiny holes in the front and in the back. I'm assuming you guys tried to heal her. Now, you rolled a 24. Yeah. To what extent are, are you doing an examination? Oh, I'm doing a full examination. If I can get to her, look at her, find out what the hell's going on. Yeah, full examination. You find a very tiny hole in her back. It's like this puckered black hole with discolored, almost thread-like veins kind of creeping out from the center of the hole. It's ever so slight. At first you thought it might have been a birthmark, a mole, or a pimple, but then it was those little wispy kind of vein-like lines coming from the hole that caused you to give it a second look. That's very, very odd. And I'm gonna sit in the seat of the uh, car and just sit back. We're fucked right now. <laughs> you think it was poison? Cool. That would be more Tuco's expertise. Uh, Tuco can make poison. Tuco cannot detect poison. Tuco can identify poisons with the poison kit. Would I be able to use my herbalism kit? Nah, probably I not. I think you might be able to. Do you have a, does anybody have a, anybody have a Xanathar's on hand? So Ku is going to break out his herbalism kit and attempt to identify a poison if there was one. That would be, would that be medicine or would that be what? I would say medicine. 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 
So I have proficiency with an herbalism kit, uh, and I have a six with medicine. Would the herbalism kit give me any bonuses? I think it'd be up to Scott, honestly. From a rules perspective, no, because you have proficiency in both things, so the better bonus would apply. Right. Yeah. And it's a masterwork herbalism kit, which give me an additional plus one, so I rolled a 19. Just shy. Just shy. You speculate it might be, but you can't be certain. You haven't seen anything quite like this before. It would be best to have Tuco take a look at it. For sure, as soon as we find him. Yeah. The princess, she does not look well. No, she is not well. This is unfortunate. We will take you safely to the queen. I, of course, will go in with you to ensure that you are not punished. So there is no misinterpretation of what your actions were in the bazaar, so I can speak to how valiantly you fought. Appreciate that, Jamal. I am here to smooth everything over for you. Of course, I did not see how valiantly you fought, but nobody knows that that is still alive, no? Yeah. Do we want to go back to the palace right away? Our party split. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Okay. It would be wise. You would not want the queen to... Well, correct. To find out through some other way. Yes. Correct. Although she probably already knows what had happened, but... I'm sure. We can also share that the city guards did shit to help us. Except for our way. The people in city guard uniforms did nothing to help us. Correct. Doesn't necessarily mean they were city guard. Well, no, but I can see how the phrasing could be better. So yes, the men in city guard uniforms. In a matter of minutes, you're in front of the city gates and they're flung wide open. The carriage carrying you and the princess comes to an abrupt halt in front of the door to the palace itself. The doors are flung open. Kushim comes running out, flings the door open. Quickly, scoop her up. Get the princess inside. And work my way through the door and follow him. Ku follows right after. Likewise. Jilo follows well. And Jabal climbs out of the carriage. Jabal walks up the stairs, but once he hits the door, he races in past you towards the, the queen who is sitting casually in a chair in the chamber she originally met you in. My queen, Jabal kind of moves himself in front of everybody. I am so sorry, but I assure you that these men, no, these brave men, they fought valiantly for the princess, for the, the crown of Maz Shapur. Alas, two of their company, they did not make it back. And he puts his head in his hands dramatically. But Jubal was there to assist in the time of need and carry the princess and her valiant bodyguards away to the palace where she can be healed. Is there anyone in any kind of robes that I would discern as healers or anything like that anywhere in the room? Oddly enough, there's not. There is a kind of short person standing by the queen dressed in a great deal of finery when jubal rushes in he takes two steps backwards and pivots towards jubal and bows very low to jubal the queen gets up looks at you put the princess on the table do that looks her over there's a spot on her back she rolls her over casually show me i'm gonna show her where the spot is Hmm. when did this happen I found it as we were in the carriage. Distressing. Most unfortunate. Kushim. She whispers something in his ear and he leaves. I put every bit of divine healing I could into her, but I got no reaction. That should have neutralized any poison. And Ku has voiced his concerns that that is a poisonous wound. Of course you did, Mr. Lovak. I would think no less. A couple soldiers come in and she says, dispose of the body. And they pick her up and walk her out. So did we pass the test or fail the test? She takes a deep breath, and then there is a loud yell of a woman. Somebody has taken the princess. Then there's alarms sounding, a lot of movement amongst the guards, 
and the queen says, quick, to the princess's chambers. Quick! All right, running. All right, here we go. You race up the stairs just in time to see a tiefling woman vault over that open balcony and disappear to the uh, palace grounds below, giving pursuit of something that appears to be flying, a large, dark shape with black wings. And the woman races past the guards, leaping over their heads, tucking in a tight ball, dropping to a roll, and then back up onto the city streets. The woman's dressed in a somewhat revealing outfit of dark leathers with several blades on her hip, and she disappears into the city streets. Would this be about the time that Tuco was catching up to the party? No. <laughs> nice try. Does but, it look like the flying thing is carrying something? Yes. Very obviously. How far away is it? It is quite far away now. It's flying very high. Hundreds of feet? Yes. From behind you, you hear the queen's voice. It appears as though I have some explaining. Yes, your grace. I believe you do. For Tuco and Shin, there is a lot of activity in the streets now. There's city guardsmen everywhere. There's a lot of commotion, and there's people pointing to the sky frantically. When Tuco sees this from perhaps a block from the palace, he looks up and sees the dark shape. Does he also see a tiefling running down the street? There's a lot of people. Okay, so he does not identify (laughs) a tiefling. Yeah. Tuco approaches the main gate to say, I am here with the princess's guard. Have they gotten back here yet? The guard says, yes, they have. In the palace, please, quickly. I run. Chin. Well, first I look up at where everybody's pointing. There is a dark form, a little larger than man-sized, massive bat-like wings, carrying what looks like a human form, hundreds of feet in the sky, easily. All right, I'm going to have to do this over and over again, but um, I cast Guidance on myself, climb to the top, and beeline it rooftop to rooftop straight for the palace. So I'm going straight line. So you're going to leap from rooftop to rooftop? Yep. Would it be easier to run on the street? Not with all the crowd. What's your jumping distance? Jump formula is? Just strength score, I believe. Strength, strength score. Strength score in feet. So that's uh, 12. You should be able to do that somewhat easily. There will be a point in time where you're going to have to climb off the rooftops because the buildings become shorter and less densely populated as you move higher up in the city. But you're able to make it to the palace. So I will present myself at the nearest gate. They let you in, bring you to where your friends are in the same room that you met the queen last time, sitting at a table with the queen at the head, Kushim off to her right, and a large Perthan man sitting as close to the queen as he could possibly get. Forgive me, your grace. The populace is in uproar. What's going on? You've arrived just in time to hear the answer to that question. Please, come sit with us, Shin. Pull up a chair. Of course, you have performed spectacularly. The girl you were guarding was not the princess. An imposter, if you will. A double. We had hired a bodyguard of fairly renowned abilities as an acquirer of goods. She happened to fall in our laps, if you will, having been caught stealing a high-priced item and was sent to the gallows. Fortunately, Kushim had recognized her and thought she would have been a good candidate for the princess as a bodyguard. Of course, you were guarding the decoy. Alas, my enemies have found that she was but a decoy. Sadly, I must ferret out a traitor amongst our mists. It seems her father was involved in some things, 
some nefarious pursuits that afforded him the opportunity to ascend to the throne of Maz Shapur. And in doing so, he made some deals with a gentleman, a sorcerer, if you will, someone who is dedicated to the ancient magics, the old gods, and now he has called in the favor. Unfortunately, my late husband had passed away, and now it is upon my shoulders to either protect my daughter, which I have failed to do, or give her to this sorcerer. I can only assume where the flying creature is taking the princess. Do you know the location of this location? <laughs> it is said that the sorcerer lives in the jungles of Mashapur. That narrows it down. I'm really hoping the sorcerer's name isn't Steve. If you were to <laughs> look towards the mountain, his keep sits atop a cliff. There's a stone bridge that you could traverse to take to the keep, but I believe my daughter is lost. I beseech you to retrieve her before anything terrible happens to her. Deceived as though we were, we are still under contract. I would pay any amount to have my daughter returned. First any thing, amount? First things first, what does your daughter look like? Because you gave us a decoy. Was the decoy dressed up to look like your daughter? Yes. Okay. She bears a striking resemblance to my daughter. It was her childhood friend. Sadly, the girl is lost. Is your daughter also a chattermouth? This girl was talked nonstop. Chin, what that is inappropriate. What relevance does that have to this conversation? Making sure we can pin down someone we haven't seen by every relevant clue we can get. She is a Perthan noble. She has the bearing of a Perthan noble, sir. Well, I... good. Then the answer was no, your grace. Kushim, will you escort our guest out into the next chambers, please? She walks up, motions with his hand towards the door. I will bow as low as I can to the uh, queen and then uh, exit the chamber. So unknown location as to where on the island. Could you furnish us with a map of the island and yes. any landmarks that we might come upon with ideas of the island of where the sorcerer might be holed up? Yes, of course. She looks to Kushim, who disappears out of the room down a corridor, a few moments later, comes back, hands you a rolled up scroll. It is a map of the island. Thank you. He uh, points with his finger to this rocky outcropping. That is where we believe the sorcerer Zayaran is. Thank you. The most direct route to Zayaran is the most treacherous, unfortunately, but I am certain that your company could withstand the dangers and rescue my daughter. If you were to do so, Mashapur would be in your debt forever. Our familiarity with the jungles of Perth it would be very helpful for us to know what dangers lie between here and there and what preparations we can take to hasten our trek. Jungles themselves are incredibly dangerous. There's all manner of stinging creatures and biting venomous things. There are the Watuabe who are very dangerous and dislike intruders into their land. And unfortunately, their territory lies between Mazshapur city and Zeron's believed location. Would we be able to acquire some anti-venoms? Of course. Thank you. And some venoms, Tuco says with excitement. We do not have anybody that creates venoms here, poisons, unfortunately. It does sound like you can find all you want in the forest. That is exciting. Hey, Mule, you know anything about sorcerers? I don't know anything about sorcerers. What kind of sorcerer is this? What is, what's going on with this sorcerer? Anybody know anything about sorcerers? Trafficker of the Arcane. Like Shin, who is sadly not with us currently. Do we know what kind of sorcerer this is? Anybody? Hey, sorry, your grace. Is this like, I'm guessing not a sorcerer who heals people, right? No. Does he raise the dead? What, what kind of stuff does this Zeron's guy do? magic is of the nefarious type of the old world. 
holds a power that belongs to him from the old gods themselves. Well, I guess that's enough to go on. It's going to be tough to know until we... Good night rest and we'll hit the road, right? Well, I think a couple of days to prepare, at least one day to prepare would be helpful. Gather the things we need, anti-venoms, anything else we can think of, coup. Any camping supplies, mosquito nets, anything that will repel insects. Something that'll make Jeel more comfortable. You were working on that, right? Your Grace, you I, I know you, that with your herbs. I know uh, you didn't want to give us a soldier. Uh, you got any jungle guides? Uh, anybody who like knows the area might at least lead us the few, first few miles in? I could provide you with a guide, yes. Awesome. You're the best. I think that would be helpful until we get accustomed to the land. And we can go to the bazaar and the, the shops and stuff and find more comfortable traveling clothes. Well, I mean... Yeah. We could probably get all of that here. Mm. Just my bloody garb that I'm wearing, the nice silks that they got for me, all torn and bloody. Another couple of these would be much appreciated. Really, what, do you really want to wear those into combat, though? Put together a yes, list of no. what you need, and I will have it Fine. delivered to your chambers. Cam- camouflage it is. I am distinctly sad not to be wearing the yellow. Shin, did you have a question? Yes. Are there any guards guarding the outside door that yes. I just walked through? I'm going to look at them and ask them, has Princess Jewel ever had a portrait done? Of course. Can you tell me where that is? Several. There's one hanging in the chambers that the Queen is in now. There's the several most recent? in the Queen's chambers. Which one would be the most recent? Perhaps the one in the Queen's chambers. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And I will wait for the rest of the party to come out. I would say give us one day to prepare, get all the supplies we need. You know, so if you could direct us to your quartermaster, I think we will have one list of supplies that we'll require. Approximately what time of the day is it? This is the latter part of the afternoon. If the goods could be given to us as quickly as possible, we could be we, out. We could leave tomorrow. Correct. This is time sensitive, it fellas. Is, it will, is time sensitive, I will but see that it to is go done. unequipped is tantamount to suicide. So let's be equipped. Too That's sure. why you're the leader, Moulet. Got a good brain on you. I'm the leader because Lorak doesn't want to be the leader. If by May, gentlemen, and of course, your grace, your highness, oh, mighty queen of Mashapur, Jubal stands and, and bows to everybody, making a big ceremony of it. I do have some information, which is also time sensitive, perhaps more sensitive to time than getting the princess herself. That's a tall order. Uh, indeed, it is, Mr. Moulet. Mr. Moulet. You are a very astute observer, but let Jubal tell you that which nobody here at the table knows but Jubal. And that's what we'll leave it for this week. Join us every other week as the Eve's Watch continue their adventures in Perth. Thank you to our patrons. Find us on Patreon to join the executive producers team and support the podcast. Our cast, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, Frank Whedon, Jared Parker, Marcus Holt, Sin Morse, our DM, Scott, and me, Nova. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us every other week.